Before we get into this week's episode, we'd like to say that the underground and the world lost a true force and artist with the passing of Jamie Van Blake, known for his projects, Coma Detox, Disgusting Sanctum, and being one half of Agonal Lust. This episode was recorded before the news of this came out. So before listening to this week's episode, we'd like to encourage everybody to donate to Jamie's end-of-life expenses via GoFundMe. The link is in the episode page. Any amount would be appreciated, and please pass along the link to anyone you know who would like to donate to the fundraiser. Thank you, and we will not forget Jamie Van Blake. to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And boy, have we got a doozy today. The classic 1984 Broken Flag Statement compilation. And Absolutely. It was just time. time. I agree. We've been had a lot of great interviews, doing a lot of great different style episodes, but Today, it felt right to go back for some absolute classic 80s UK power electronics. And we're doubling down because the extra segment today on the Patreon is going to be Ramla, Hand of Glory. We're just going full Ramla, full broken flag for today's episode. So that'll come right after our discussion on the classic statement LP. Tara, are you excited? Yeah, I'm thrilled. I, I feel like I, I'm just like overwhelmed uh, with listening to yes. statement again. And I've just have been reinvigorated about so many types of sounds reminded again about that, that UK classic yep. thing that happens that I love so damn much so Absolutely. yes my brain is swirling with excitement right now heck yeah well you're gonna have to hold on to that excitement just a little bit longer because we gotta do some recent listening gray what have you been listening to well a few people probably heard me talk about this or saw me post about it because i was the most excited that i acquired one of my greatest wants as far as cassettes which is the first escort tape dross mm-hmm. and heck yeah something i've had mp3s of for i don't know how long but getting the actual tape in my hands and listening to it repeatedly has only made me love the album more it's one of those things you know photos and and 
MP3s, whatever, they don't, they just don't do justice to these of course objects not. ever. Mm-hmm. And so having it in my mitts and in my tape deck has been really enjoyable. And it's funny hearing the cassette, some new favorites have popped out. Whereas I had like previously thought that I liked other tracks the most listening to it on this, the, I don't know what it is, but the, just the way the sounds are on the tape, it, it hits a little different. And uh, so I've shifted my, my favorite tracks around a bit on that one. And I've another funny release that I listened to the other day was Roger Stella Foucault zombie, which I didn't listen to the gods of Tundra LP from many moons ago. There's an influencing machine cassette that has uh, its extended mix of what would fit on the vinyl. But it was funny. I was reminded that you did, (laughs) you did an LP of this. Mm -hmm. That is true. That is true. And actually that LP, I know we've discussed male disasters and I mean that M A I L mm-hmm. disasters. That one, at least 50 copies, 30 to 50, I don't remember exactly how many sent, disappeared that into box. the ether. And I was returned the top of the box months later with the address and the return address, but Roger didn't get his first shipment. So somewhere out there in the world, and maybe it's a dead letter office, maybe a mailman has been selling those on eBay ever since. I don't know, but there is a chunk of that pressing that did go missing. That happened to me with a pressing, but it was when we did the first hive mind workbench LP, which I think was the first LP I'd done on Chondritic. We definitely had this exact discussion mm-hmm. yeah. sometime on an episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, we definitely yeah. did. <laughs> so cra- just crazy how how weird that happens. You should have been checking eBay because someone may have, may have tried to flip them up I there. Did we for did, for a little yeah. bit, yeah. but also that was when most of the stuff I released was very hard to read. Yeah. So mighty, I don't know how they could have done it, I guess, with The Matrix, but I, The Matrix is probably weird. And... I like that there's a missing chunk of a pressing somewhere yeah. in the world. Or who knows? Maybe it just fell out, fell out into a puddle and somebody was like, I don't want anybody to know about this. So they just kicked it to, you know, in a gutter and drove along. Who knows? Well, it's a great tape. I, I haven't played DLP in some years, but I assume it's also great. <laughs> and I maybe I'll pull them out and compare. But I was really enamored with the Loop War tape that he did for yeah. Hospital. And so mm-hmm. well, I was looking at the stacks and that one jumped right out at me. And then something else, a project I think I've talked about on the podcast before, Decombination. I listened to the Lieber Muster cassette. And I feel like you've mentioned that name, but it's not ringing a bell. Can you remind myself and Tara as well mm-hmm. as the listeners of that well, project? A lot of self-release stuff and a couple things on endangered species. It's, I believe, a German guy doing very sort of Le Jardin de la Princesse type electronics. I don't really know what to call that. It's that mix of like, there's definitely some gray wolvesy moments, but there's also some prettier, not neofolk because it's not like guitar or whatever, but you know, stuff like like the Lajoya stuff where you it's like there you go. At, nice mm-hmm. atmospheres. Yeah, it's in that vein. And some of the tapes can be kind of hard to track down, but I've, I've managed to nab a few of them. And then I saw my friends from initiation services and got the new batch of cassettes and have been blasting them both at home and thanks to the wonders of technology in my car. 
driving around listening to black hole exploration is a treat <laughs> that everyone should experience. Uh, I really like this project. I really like the packaging. They look so cool. That was a treat for us as well. Black mm-hmm. hole exploration is the degenerate behind Moosehead, which, you know, we've sung the praises of Moosehead here multiple times and was so happy that he was excited to do a, a new project for us and hopefully will continue black hole exploration. It's the, the, the repeat listening, really you get, you really get new things each listen. And I especially love the, the sample that starts out the B side. Yes. Yes. Really, really looking forward to more black hole. It's an absolute delight and cathartic. Uh, the cathart- you mean the 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 making of the packaging yeah. being cathartic, yeah. aka Tara stabbing covers over and over. Again. I dulled two ice picks uh, with that packaging, but boy, was it fun! Yes, I all, really enjoyed all it. All holes were stabbed by Tara. And then you know I've I've been getting a and it fits with this episode a kick out of Climax Alpha to you'll learn <laughs> the hard way some yeah nice <laughs> classic UK. And uh, yeah, I feel like I, I can really dig into this one. It's got a lot of those those decisions that I like where you're like, oh, good. I'm just going to end that there then, I guess. OK. And it, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, it yeah. works so well, though. It's such a confounding thing. It really is. Yeah. Oh, it's going to end there. Oh, and then restart for five more seconds and then end. <laughs> the really listening to Statement and Hand of Glory can tell the the yes. Ramla broken flag influence on Climax Alpha as well as Consumer and White House. And yes, Climax Alpha truly is of the old UK guard. And hopefully we will get some more from the Alpha soon. But it, in my, I'm sure we're going to discuss it when we discuss this album, but... In power electronics, when something you don't expect happens, it's it's thrilling. Yeah. And you get that you know, excitement of like, oh my God, I can't believe they yeah, did where, that. Yeah, oh when something God. comes in or yeah, something like, comes oh. out, I am with you. And yes, very, very thrilled about that yeah. one. And then maybe my favorite of the batch is the White Shamrock Awaken to Reality mm-hmm. cassette. I love this thing. The atmospheres, the samples, the mood of the whole thing is truly a journey. And like one of those things that you just can put on and soak in. So this one actually doesn't get as much car listen as the climax alpha and black hole, because I just, uh, I, I want to like soak into it and not have to focus on anything else. You know, it's a home one. And yes, it is a full start to finish cassette. As far as you do need to listen to it, I think in one sitting, because it really does tell a story. And again, white shamrock, absolutely excited about this project. More Mm -hmm. coming soon, more looking forward to working with White Shamrock a lot more. Yeah, it's intense, it's grim, it's bleak, it's all of those And we did say before you heard the new three tapes, we said to ourselves and then said it to you, White Shamrock's going to be Gray's favorite out of this, (laughs) out of these three. We did say that. guess what? Boom. It's almost like we've known each other for decades and it's almost like we've done a podcast for over four years together. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, we've been doing this podcast for like 20% of our friendship. 
There no. you go. Which is hey. kind of crazy. Like a fifth there you go. of the time we've known each other, really? we've also been doing this podcast. It's pretty Into wild. it. Into it. Uh, a couple other little things. Uh, because of Black Hole Exploration and uh, Mr. Moosehead, I was listening to that Vincent Dallas Moosehead split on Sata Tuhata. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so classic. Good. It's such a ripper. And I've also been sort of prepping some chondritic stuff here burning and also sending some stuff off to the plant so that's been really uh i've been listening to a lot of that stuff i'm going to keep it under wraps for now but there's been a lot of that and i've got three shows in three weeks and uh so i've been practicing for those so when i'm not practicing Mm -hmm. i'm trying to listen fit in some listening but it's uh time is a little scarce right now gotta practice what has been in your ear holes Hopefully not ice picks. Well, uh, hmm. she dulled those enough that maybe we, we could, could get use a good them. scratch with them, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And to be perfectly honest, the main thing that I've been listening to has been Tara finalizing her, her eroticism full length CD that will be on initiation services. We'll say that now it's we'll, won't give too much away but that i have gotten to listen to her do all the mixing the tiny edits which is always the final stage right with i always say that that many times when i'm finishing something my files are titled you know final take take seven final <laughs> final final take three for you know real this time for yeah exactly but tara's much more organized than me she's just gonna finalize the tracks when she's done so she's just listening to them and editing them before she does that well that means you have been listening also to a lot of dirty movies so well, there's been a lot of the research for eroticism erotic is a- cinema yes exactly. and uh and sound yeah the research for eroticism is always a pleasure to be a part of and to be around so yes been watching a lot of classic and modern pornography and hearing eroticism finish and do her work work her magic so that's really been the main thing i have heard as well as tara obviously because she's the one doing it and it was a perfect lead up to statement on Broken Flag. Hell yeah. Before we get further into this episode, a quick word from our sponsor. Now available on Oxen Records, Parasite Nurse, Life is Beautiful, Slicing Cut Up Harsh Noise Diamond Scalpel Precision from New York, Perfected Grave Vault, Mutative Forecast a collection of eight tracks originally released on cassette 2022 to 2023. Grand Rapids Harsh Noise duo Aaron Aspinwall and Charles Mama. Title still available. Dressing from the body to the door. Scum, unsustainable social condition, necessary downfall. Available at oxenrecords.bigcartel.com. So, like we said, been been some interviews, been some different style episodes, and we felt it was time to do an album overview, and we needed just to inject something pure, something classic, and this, to me, is one of the absolute classic Broken Flag releases. We popped our Broken Flag cherry by doing the Control Bleeding tape earlier this year, but this is a, for lack of a better term, true statement about 
where Broken Flag was in 1984. And I was lucky enough to come across a copy of the LP on a UK tour many years ago. Certainly would have been with Underwood, probably Mm -hmm. also with Future Fire, and got a nice, nice copy of this LP. So it's been in our household for years and it is time to discuss it, break it down. And Hey, spoiler alert. It sounds better than ever. It really does. It's a great LP. I've always liked the titles of the broken flag comps. We've talked about this before morality crusade statement. And This one really does define where in 1984 we have Broken Flag and we have Ramla, Uncommunity, Pure, and Unlisted due to contractual obligations, Consumer (laughs) Electronics. Absolutely. And you may aware listeners, especially who picked up the Ramirez eroticism split cassette, may note how much we enjoy the contractual obligations and working with the legality of dealing with other releases on other labels. But these three Ramla tracks are a great picture of 84 Ramla. I mean, the turnaround times on this stuff must have been so fast back then, too. It really seems like with the cassettes, with the vinyl, they were like, they feel like snapshots. Whereas like now you're like, yeah, I finished my new album. It'll be out in a year. It, like that doesn't seem right. to be the case back then. It was like, they, they did this, they got it done. They got it out. And we start with Ramla backlash. And <laughs> my first notes are just that this is the most Ramla Ramla. Like this is when I think of them, this is what I think of. It's got some of that hole in the heart bliss song kind of stuff but it's definitely more on the raw tip as all three of these tracks i think are a little bit more on the raw edge of things i just like monday's vocals the guitar the tones on all this stuff but this feels more like a song than the other two pieces i do see what you're saying when you say this is these are a bit more song structured, maybe looking towards what Ramla will do later on. But we are still, in my eyes, still in P.E. Ramla era, though, as we'll talk about when we talk about Hand of Glory, Mundy stated that he felt Hand of Glory was the last of what he would consider the pure power electronics Ramla. We definitely, prior to discussing this, reread as loud as possible. Have we already said that? The information we will be disseminating throughout this episode heavily comes from the as loud as possible broken flag story article done by Steve Underwood. And we will be relaying some quotes from that as well as some information from that. But it's unbelievably comprehensive. I mean, it really goes through and talks to so many people can't recommend reading that enough, but it's also the reason why I do feel like my brain is a bit full at this point in time. Well, it's time to empty that brain excited to onto empty the it listeners. Out. Um, backlash. The guitar. It's iconic. And the scream, it's like yelling, but it's not a violent scream. Like there's so many types. Like it's, 
you can split hairs with PE vocals. It's the hardest Ugh. thing to accomplish. And the and line can be thin Ugh. and it can go into horribleness so quickly. But when done right, it is the greatest vocal styling. And Ramla, I know what you mean, Tara. It's that I don't even know exactly the it's kind word. of hollering. There, uh, yeah, hollering. It's like a yelling, yell, but it's, it's not, not violence. It's not angry. It's it, it's it, kind but it's of dark. Yeah, yeah, it's forceful, but it's more of like a neutral emotion. It's not like a vicious yeah, there's emotion. A there's a coldness. There's a coldness to it. And you know, it, it is interesting, especially if you've ever tried to do that style of vocals or any style of vocals over noise, power electronics vocals. It's really, really a challenging decision on how you're going to take that approach because it's so easy to go into like blown out scream fatigue where it just, it sounds like nothing. It means nothing. Yeah. Or, or, or overly performative. So this whole, this, this entire release does not hit cheesy and it's, and it's so remarkable in that way. And I think that's what I was just like, absolutely stricken by is like, you know, sometimes you get into a, a rhythm of just like listening to different things and you're like, that's good. That's good. That's good. Then you hear this and you're like, that's great. Yes. You know, like it, it really defines like what a, a really solid, fantastic, classic, great album is. It's this. Absolutely. And when you can pick out some of the lyrics in, in this first track backlash, it's hits perfectly with, you're a straight shooter and <laughs> Ramos titles and lyrics. I've always really loved. And there's a thing that's hard to put your finger on exactly what's so great about them. One thing is that, and, and with a lot of great P is when there's multiple layers of what a lyric can mean, what a mm -hmm. word can mean. Just saying how, the word never yeah, yelling the, the word, word never goes together. Oh. Backlash. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's so many ways you can take it. And then especially in the PE frame. And the thing I noted to right away, and we listened to this so many times leading up to this episode as well as hand of glory. And I've stated this before, but when I when I say PE or power electronics, this is what I'm yeah. talking about is yeah. the early UK, the original, the White House, Comor, Consumer, Ramla. That's when I say PE, that's generally what I'm speaking of. Now, obviously, it's gone on to become so many other things and incorporate other elements. And then there's Euro... PE from 90s and 2000s that incorporates industrial elements. That's definitely PE as well. But it, when I'm speaking of PE or power electronics, or when initiation services is speaking of power electronics, it is this era of PE predominantly. Well, this is what first of. got us so excited. Absolutely. And, and also it's so remarkable about backlash is it's so slow. Like yes. it is a slow burn. It is so, it's not mid paced. It is slow. Yep. And, but it has every drop of that intensity that you would imagine. And I love that. It gets slower though. And especially <laughs> the vocals when we get to litany, the slurred prayer being recited, the wailing slides and that buzzing tone in the background. <sighs> It's a funny record because each project that comes up, you're like, "Oh, this this rules! This is the best thing on on mm -hmm. the 
comp, right? Like this has got to be the best yeah. thing each time it goes. And like, so randomly you're like, oh, well, who's going to top this? And then you get to Uncommunity and, oh, well, this is awesome. I need to listen to more Uncommunity. And then, <laughs> and then Pure. Yeah. It's like, there's so much good in this that it, and it, it does it even within the Romulus side where like Backlash kicks it off and Litany brings you right into like some altered, weird place that it's, it's refreshing to, to think this was done 40 years ago pretty much oh yeah we, oh, we noted that definitely we discussed noted that, that. it's we, upsetting we noted that and also noted how interesting time and the way time has altered and changed in these years where think about in 1984 40 years before would be the you know mm-hmm. you'd be someone doing a a vaudeville type yeah. music Broadway yeah. musical would be the 40 years ago, right? But for us, <laughs> yeah, right time for us 40 <laughs> years ago is this, and it and it sounds fresher than ever. And there's no it there's no lack of power that existed then and that exists now in this record. And yeah, I love the pitch down vocals. I love how slow this track goes and just the great piercing electronics under it. And the the d- demented electronics and demented vocals give this yeah. just that great, great early eighties PE. Yeah, and that down pitch again could could have gone awry, but it, can it doesn't. Go, it can go. Yes, and, absolutely. And even even the noise from the strings because you have that like screeching string play. On yeah. There. So obviously, one thing about Ramla that would be mark them differently than some of the other P of the time is their use of guitar and use. And of course, obviously they're going to go on to a band format where, and then, and then pull that back and still incorporate guitar in their power electronics. So it does add a very different element and, and it can be taken as electronics at times because it's so, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, it absolutely can be, but, but, it sets them, it gives them that different edge around this time, especially. Another thing that I note now that we're on the second track and it, it carries true. I, I, and I think even production value increases with each project is yeah, the production value. Like yes, this stuff mm-hmm. was recorded at a studio. This wasn't recorded in a basement on some, you know, on a handheld Walkman or whatever. This was recorded in a studio. So amps are mic'd. They're in a room it lends a different quality to this kind of stuff than even something like condom, you know, where he was recording on a handheld recorder in like a friend's basement or whatever. This is a different thing. This is maybe coming from, you know, I mean, Monday was in a band before Ramla, right. And maybe coming from that world. And it's like, you just go to the studio. Right. Same thing with with Bennett and Essential mm-hmm. Logic, right? Like you just go to the studio. That's exactly. where you record things. Yeah. And and Hand of Glory was the first Ramla that was recorded at IPS Studios, which is where yeah. White House would record. And that's 83. So it's a little before that. But the, the earlier Ramla stuff was done in there yeah. on cassette in their place. So he did want to develop and and add that studio sound more tracks and you really hear it on these tracks as well as hand of glory. And of course, mentioning white house, that was Monday's 
introduction into this world. He saw the very first White House mm -hmm. action. And that became, as he says in the interview, his Sex Pistols moment. The moment, you know, the 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 everyone who was oh, at that first Sex Pistols yeah. show all went on to form bands. You know, White House, there was a similar vibe where people at those early White House shows did go on to form multiple projects. And I love that Gary Mundy said in the interview that they used 8-track because William Bennett for White House had used it and stayed, Steve Stapleton had used it uh, when he recorded with Nurse With Wounds. So why not? There you go. Perfect reasoning. <laughs> this one ends with the slurred spoken prayer coming out as like the final note of it before we rip into anything is mine. And yeah, you got to have a classic dropout ending. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a classic. Right. In. The soul may be purified now and forever from all ages to all ages. Amen. And then tough as nails electronics to enter us into anything is mine. Not even the, the like electronics grinding guitar buzz, those squeals. There's a, there's a riffing going on or something. There's some like actual playing on this one, like full bore. Yep. And there's also a weird bass note that keeps shifting tone. And we get distinct vocal styles on every Ramla track here. And this one, we have these super muddy, like confused muffled vocals. And I really like it over how piercing the noise can be on this one. It's, such a classic Ramla track. This is the track that's listed on the back. So the back of the compilation has four squares mm -hmm. that act as each project's cover, I suppose. And the Ramla is Ramla, anything is mine. And this is just, to me, when I think of Ramla, I think of this track, I think of Hand of Glory, mm -hmm. and I think of everything and anything is mine. This rubs my engine. Uh, I got yeah. so excited yeah. uh, listening to this because, again, it, it's the perfect use of echo, you know, in a track on the yeah. vocals because that can muddy the waters. Yeah. That can sound really tired. I would never recommend that to anybody, but on this track, it's just so exciting. Uh, it, it's like maximum chaos and just saying like anything is mine, everything is mine. Like that is so dark and satisfying. I, yes. I find this track to be very satisfying to yes, listen to. Yes, absolutely. What I realized through listening to this compilation is that I really need to listen to more Uncommunity. So good, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. These two tracks are awesome. Crusade and Birthright. Crusade being, you know, a little over two minutes and Birthright being closer to 10. Uh, God, I... It's not one of those projects that I, I guess I think of enough. I know for some people it's like a total touchstone, like one of their favorites from Broken Flag era stuff. But I, I really need to dig deeper on this because these two tracks knocked me on my ass. Like, well, there's not a ton. There's not a ton, but what there is all looks fantastic. I think we need to do the Uncommunity 7-inch for 7-inch Sunday soon. Oh, yeah. And... This stuff is awesome. I'm with you, Gray. I, we're both with you. Not insanely familiar. This, These two tracks are my main focus on what I think of as Uncommunity. And Uncommunity 
famously or infamously will will feature a member that will go on to be in Stereo Lab. Yeah, Tim Gain so, yeah, in Stereo yeah. Lab. It was also Joe Manning, Vince Adams, Dave Brown, David Smut Smith, and yes. they also ran the Black Dwarf label. Yes. So interesting lineage there, but this uncommunity stuff is so sick. So raw tape sounding mm-hmm. lo-fi cassette feel slow and dark just minimal and pr- that primitive delay oh oh it just it just sits so nice and especially right after the rom which very different take on what's going on but this has a nice nice direct to cassette quality so haunted yeah like this really is that eerie haunted just low grumble totally bombed out yeah uh, it's really fantastic what a what a fantastic fall track yes yeah and, M- and murky and darker are the order of the day on this one and those i wrote delayed crystal electronics it's those those feedback whatever yelps that go through the delay and ring out and add some more texture and space to the whole piece and then the feedback at the end to bring it towards birthright is just great i this track really stuck out to me. I had to listen to it a couple of times. And again, when you're on a comp, it's nice to have that instrumental to break it up. And I yep. think the pacing of everything here is just perfect. Like you've, you have entered a, a different world and a hazier world, yeah, but not less dangerous. Oh, absolutely not. And then you get to birthright, which is a heavy, heavy long track. And there are vocals on this track and there's a lot going on on this track it builds it builds and it has a great structure and right away Mm -hmm. it's this great obscure tape saturated feedback primitive electronics with this loop bed going and the track is going to develop and develop and develop and oh man this hit the spot yeah, the great stereo processing on stuff, too, where you're getting the sounds in different ears and crossing over. I, it was production value is noticed on this one for sure, where it sounds big, it sounds really big. And it's a mix of that drilling feedback, the excessive use of delay, the on off on kind of noise thing underneath it all. I've. This one sucked me in. It's long, but it doesn't feel long. It takes its time getting where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. It's it doesn't structured. feel. Yeah, it's it's because because it keeps adding when the vocals come in, they're they're minimal but really great. They're ghoulish. I yeah. I think that that it's it's like a ghoul and and you have those you know distant moans. It's very uncomfortable. This is conveying discomfort, and I it made me think of like being buried alive in wet concrete and then the static as it grows and grows. Uh, and then it builds into like this, like voluminous void right at the end. And it becomes so ominous and it just feels like, like a layered sounds of car wrecks on top of each other. So, yeah. Like, you know, I, that uncomfortable totally, sound of a car piling wreck? and piling and piling on yeah. each other. Totally. Like was sometimes, that. you know, if you've ever been in a car accident, are you ever in your car and you see, you see like another car, like coming close to you or something. And you just imagine the sound and you're like, God, I don't want to hear that sound. I hate that sound. Oh yeah. Like I hate the sound of a car hitting another car. And I think this, this ends with that. It's, you know, 
It sticks with you. It really, really does. And it is such an effective two for here from Uncommunity. And I'm with you, Greg. I think we need to really dig into some more Uncommunity. Yeah. So please, anyone, let us know your favorite Uncommunity release. Like I said, we definitely need to do the seven inch on seven inch Sunday mm -hmm. ASAP. But and I would just like to point out one thing uh, in reading again the interview with Broken Flag, the, the piece in uh, As Loud as Possible. Broken Flag put out a bunch of releases by going to the bank and getting bank loans. Let's all just drink that in. Feels like such an early 80s UK thing to do. Yeah. I love that going idea. Going to the bank like, I would like money. I have this comp, please. Yeah, Thank you. I would like to I want to have covers printed. Uh, I love it. I yes. Love it. And, and he did a test. They weren't like making money, but they were at least repaying their loans. And, you know, isn't that always the dream? That's all we can hope for. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Well, before we flip over this incredible compilation, Tara, will you give us some info on the cover image? And can we talk about it a little bit? Because it's such a striking and classic cover. Well, we should also talk about the the design of Broken Flag. Like that. Well, Tara, let's, let's get let's into get it. Let's get into all of it. Okay, so this image is the Tortured Christ or O Cristo Torturado. Uh, it is a Brazilian artist named... Guido Roca, but it actually, since because of Portuguese, I don't know how to say it. So it might be Giodo Roca, but that that is the person who designed the sculpture. And he was himself tortured and was inspired to make the tortured Christ in the 70s because of his experience of being a person who was tortured and always felt that the Lord understood torture and was with him and, and brought that as a manifestation of suffering. Incredible and, and boy, classic, does it represent suffering. Classic cover, and of course, the broken flag design look was something that Monday credits to Jerome Clegg was who really saw the vision of the look of broken flag. And in fact, broken flag had started and did a couple releases and then more or less restarted with the new look. And that's something that's interesting to me that idea of when you have your vision. It might not be the original vision, but you wipe the slate clean. Something that I have been interested in, obviously, mm -hmm. in the past decade or so, the idea of giving life, new life to projects or reframing or giving that clean slate and starting with a, a new vision, something you see happening. And Mundy did that very early on mm -hmm. and would continue to do that. Obviously with Ramla, the, it changes so much throughout the years and there's different eras and phases, very different eras and phases. So Mundy will use, utilize that idea of cleaning the slate multiple times throughout his work. But the, obviously the look of broken flag is something that can't be understated and something that certainly has drawn many people to. And, given people the inspiration to have their own look for their own labels. Yeah. Well, you see this look to this day on absolutely. a lot of people's uh, of uh, course. album. Art. I mean, not afraid of a border at any point in my life. I love, I love a good border. Yeah. And it's probably out of a love of broken flag stuff really. And even think about like other labels I like with strong aesthetics. Like when you look at say lust festival, which I've talked about enough on here in my recent listening stuff, that obviously descended from the broken flag aesthetic, right? The, that, the type of line work and that stuff, it's an amalgamation of other things, but it's such an influential look. And yeah, even Mundy saying in that interview that 
when Jerome came on, they redesigned the old covers. Yeah. <laughs> so that, so mm-hmm. things would have a uniform look. And then he did one on blue paper and liked it so much that they just switched to the blue paper. <laughs> I love the blue paper. The yeah, blue paper, course. we were just talking about that before we started recording. Like the blue paper is is exciting. But then also with the LPs still having white as as a yeah. color utilized, mm-hmm. obviously part of the great things about having the rules and design rules is is busting out of them a little bit. That always is what makes for a full look at at a label and a full range of what a label can do. Yeah, and seeing artists, you know, redesign themselves successfully is exciting because, you know, you get, at some point it does get stagnant, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe who, who decides it gets stagnant maybe as the viewer or the artist themselves, but you need to keep it exciting keep your creative juices flowing, keep it fresh. And sometimes, you know, doing that reinvention can be really exciting and, and give a new lease on your art. No question about that. Now, Gray, before we started recording, you were talking about the first time hearing Ramla and it's important because it's because of a label that we hold in the highest regard here and talk about on many many episodes. So great. How did you first hear Rama? I had already been, I guess, going to record collector and ordering stuff online and probably ordering from Ron, but I went to, I can't remember if it was Dearborn music or desirable discs. I think it was desirable discs in Dearborn, Michigan. And I actually found a lot of cool noise stuff there. Like the Hijokaiden ferocity of practical life. I know I bought there. Nice. Um, tons of cool metal CDs and a handful of noise CDs. I can't remember exactly what specifically, except for, I know that I got one through three of we created it. Let's take it over by Ramla on the pure series. They were beat up. The, the generic pure sleeves were pretty haggard looking and a little grundy and they were, they didn't know what to do with these. So they were like a dollar a piece or something like that. So I grabbed them all and that would have been the first place I heard hand of glory. Right. Cause it's on disc disc three, if I'm not mistaken, it opens up that. So I just got to get this like picture of Ramla. And at the time, you know, I was still very early on discovering this stuff. And I was listening to a lot of the more produced stuff, you know, like cold meat industry, white house, uh, you know, brighter death now. I mean, saying cold me, but also just this other stuff on the label, uh, and Mertzbau and all and stuff. And so hearing this stuff, it was so drastically different. Just yeah, yeah. Because even then, you know, like the kind of like the early White House stuff was like for me, it was like thank your lucky stars and quality time, right? And there's more production there. They're not the same kind of. This is raw stuff, and. I don't think I knew what to do with it for a while. I like, I kept the CDs cause I liked them and, I, and they were on pure. I knew, you know, as a label I knew about. Yeah. Um, you're going to keep them. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still got them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was just funny that they're like, they're pretty scratched up. I think they were probably that way when I got them and that's why they were so cheap, but it's a cool intro to a project and shows like, yeah, maybe someone bought those and just was like, nope, and got rid of them. And then I got them for a song and they've been mine ever since. I, I love. Maybe they upgraded and they had them in their car and they listened to them a lot and destroyed there, it. There you go. Well, it is interesting with Pure because there are a handful of Pure discs that are not original 
albums, the Ramla, yeah, one through three, the Le Syndicate, if I'm not mistaken, yep. CDs are, yeah, are tapes. tapes. So it is an interesting thing that Ron did to have many things were specifically albums recorded for Pure, but there's multiple Pure CDs that are either compilations or old tapes that I guess Ron felt were important enough to get out there in mass, which is what a service he has always mm. done. So, mm -hmm. so cool. That was your introduction to Ramla. It was definitely my introduction to Ramla uh, the, were the pure CDs. And again, I'm with you. didn't know exactly what this was and it was so different than everything else. And as the years go on, it just better and better and better until we hit 2023 and it is just hitting perfectly. But speaking of pure, not the label, but the project mm -hmm. is what starts side two of statement. And again, we're getting something different here, something to separate pure from the pack. And that being the inclusion of some percussion. Yeah, the drums also, I was unsure if there was a horn on this at some point. Obviously, Matthew Bauer's guitar is ever-present, but always one for effects, and I think even back then of processing and trying to make his guitar sound as weird as he could. You get that here. This opens with that yell, and then we cut into the drums, and you are you can already tell you're in for a different ride than the previous side, which I love. I think it's giving us all these different facets of what makes up broken flag. And again, statement, uh, the simple title that implies so many different things. And here it is the diversity, the completely different sort of approaches or even types of sounds and the lack of caring how you would feel about it. Dude, mm -hmm. totally get what you mean by that. And yeah, the just in the room recording the raw as hell vocals, I own you, you know, such a great, so great. Yeah. And, the, and those drums add such a weird element. And especially at the time, I would have gotten this on a hair police tour. I just like die. And I felt <laughs> like, yeah, I felt, yeah. Uh, I felt a, a kinship with pure. You know, utilizing the the vocals and the strained guitar with the percussion, but framing it in this way was was huge for me. Hearing that, and this definitely was the first time I heard or heard pure was was this. And you comp. keep discussing the drums, but let's be clear: these are not like yeah, yeah, drum yeah, rolls or yeah, fills. Yeah, yeah. This be, is a like sparse drum. This is drum or maybe two drums, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. being Correct. battered. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's semi rhythmic, but yeah, not yeah. incredibly. Not even really. I mean, yeah. It's just kind of like yeah, I'll hit the drum when I feel like it yes. type of setting so let's let's not get let's, confused yeah, not, about this it's yeah, not a exactly. jam yeah exactly. Uh, in any way but i think mike you were saying like you know it's banned yeah it's a, it's P -E. banned p-e right as <laughs> b-a-n-d -B p-e yeah. right it's it's p-e through the lens of a band and this is just unhinged and nihilistic too. pure in general is especially the last pure track just pure nihilism yeah and that to me is where where pure is framed and and it's it's wildly minimal uh, oh, and i think yeah. that's what's so staggering about it it is there's clearly so many instruments however it's still minimal and and this time pure was matt bauer uh alex binney 
and Alex Windsor Bauer also did Total and another project. Oh, yeah, Skullflower. Uh, yeah, and, Alex yeah. Binney uh, ended up going to Zoskia. So again, people who and also are in it. Alex Binney wrote Scum, which has been republished mm-hmm. by Amphetamine Sulfate, and uh, does the poetry reading vocals what have you on nose knife the final pure track of this thing so really cool look at this project at the time which would be very very minimal there's a tape on birthbiter that has been reissued multiple times feeder so certainly mm-hmm. in some way whether not an original or one of the many reissues is readily available to check out and highly worth checking out because again it's a it's just that very, very different, odd, strange look at what could be done through the lens of PE and boy, blood passion. Yeah. I love blood passion. Yeah. I mean, the vocals too are just (laughs) classic UKP, right? Just, just the screaming blood passion. I mean, come on. That's so great. And it's like guitar also that strangled guitar. It's just getting savaged. All the high shreds and shards of things. Uh, this blood passion is languid but frantic somehow. It's got I got this, you. I hear yeah. you. It's yeah. so in the moment, like it's this, very in the moment. This kit is not composed like different people doing a set in a studio and putting it all together. Like this is just a very live feel, a very expressive performance. You can imagine watching this. There's definitely something going on that you know we're not seeing, and you can just imagine how off the wall this set was uh it's great it's a absolutely disjointed also totally disjointed because at one point the drums come in and cut everything off and yeah you can just feel this live well, it seems in like, the room like i remember when hair police would first start playing like the drums would stop occasionally because they would either fall over the kick True. drum would be halfway across the room and True. fall off the stage or somebody would jump on someone else and like the guitar would drop out because you don't have your guitar or someone else has it like i picture that sort of those sort of shenanigans in blood passion happening where you know it's um you know performance interrupt us I can totally see and that. And this is when listening to Pure, I'm like, ah, oh, this this release is so like a, a portrait of the underground. Totally, because you know, like so different. Yeah, is and it's exciting. Yep, you know, it's Very vibrant, exciting. exciting. It's not tired yet. Oh no, like you know, you get in points like when we said forty years later, it's still exciting. Yeah, yep. and it's not because it wasn't forced and it wasn't an established style. So that's what makes this so exciting. They're like sometimes it. you hear things that are emulating this and you're just weary, but this is invigorating. It's being created. Hey, just like Rama, we created mm-hmm. it. Let's take it over. Yep. All this is being created. And of course, and money will obviously cite white house being that the originator. And there's no question in this era for sure, but it's about taking that and running it through your own person and which is very much what is done with all of these projects Mm -hmm. yeah and so and so we're getting this exciting new takes on something that's so new and still feels new 40 years on and it ends the pure section ends with this great spoken track oh boy it's exciting and and nose knife is a, a collective work of shorter poems and prose by Samuel Beckett. So that's the title. And I'm assuming that much of the, the words that are used are integrated or ideologically similar to what Samuel Beckett was portraying. 
The pure nihilism of this track is just, oh, just total anti everything. And yeah. the looping brass, like that undercurrent loop that's happening over those brass, huh? Fantat- I, I was thinking it was some sort of garbled brass. I felt brass. I'm feeling brass but and I'm going to stick to my brass. It is like a kind of stepped or sequenced feeling drone loop, but it feels like it evolves too. It doesn't feel static. Like it's just looping. There's parts in which I feel like new elements are added or changed slightly. It might be like a very specific playing rather than looping. I'm not, I, I couldn't tell, but I really liked the background on this track too, combined with Alex Benny's voice reading this stuff. My God, it's so exciting. Like so, really, great, really thrilling a way to conclude their section of this. And slicing um, words that are so bleak and so dismal, but it it's that type of thing that you, you're just like, yeah. And you just want to like egg them on again. Just like when you hear white house and, and the words that are being spoken in such an assertive tone. And you're just, I, I mean, I find it thrilling. It it brings my heart rate up. I'm excited. It's invigorating. It absolutely does that to me as well, Tara. And I'll tell you what else brings my heart rate up. Here we go. It is time (laughs) to discuss the consumer electronics contribution to statement or as originally released, blank. There is no info. Mm -hmm. The back cover where there's the four squares, the... This square is left blank. There's no indication of what it is, but it is 100% consumer electronics. And in this recording, assisted by Mundy, by Bauer, by Alex Binney, their contribute to this. And it was stated later that it was because <laughs> Philip was contractually obligated to not release anything else and was only a part of White House. And in the as loud as possible interview, William is asked about this and he has a very short, but perfect answer. And that answer was, I simply wished him to be exclusive to the band. There you go. Just like that. Fantastic. And I have always, always loved that the confusion of this and then the, the obligation, contractual obligation, all of that, mixed together because at this time would have been when white house was William Tompkins and Philip, which, which was at that time. And you can look back at the, at the newsletters and, and right to kill the, the most powerful lineup that white house ever had. And that Sutcliffe and consumer were no longer, it was only white house and at the time. Philip busted on the scene as a teen. I mean, he was 14. It's of remarkable. course, if, if anybody for some reason missed our episode with Philip back in the MERS cast days, when we discussed spiral honey, but we certainly discussed plenty of Philip's history, go back. It's one of the earliest episodes and still to this day, one of my, absolute favorite episodes. I used to say the name Philip and I have a smile on my face. Oh, but yes. the idea of him and Gary Mundy living together also, yes. like what was that all about? Yeah. And like, then only doing the one male rape group tape <laughs> yeah. on to 83 on new year's day and yeah. then never doing At anything else, again, which is such a classic <laughs> yeah. release. So 
This is exciting to talk about these incredible consumer electronics. Yeah, and tracks. also like I think you know as as we were you know listening to this another thing that gets me excited about the era is that they were really trying to use their ideas, you know, like really trying to convey feelings that, you know, hadn't necessarily been put out there yet. Absolutely. Things that were dark, things that were violent, things that were not necessarily like cleaned up. Not at all. It is. It's like the trying to like, you know, convey the heart of the underground. And I, and I think that it's an understatement to just think of it as music and not think of it as, as an idealism and a set of ideas that are, that are being represented here, especially like the words and nose knife, especially the, the topics brought up in consumer electronics, bringing murderers to the forefront, all of these. Power electronics is absolutely more than music. And these consumer electronics tracks exemplify that right away. Philip's vocals are just oh god so sick and so so Philip right away right I mean it, you hear it and it's it's just him and he's <laughs> whatever so he's fifteen or whatever yeah. he is at this point and he it's it's Philip right away you know I'm just I'm just thinking of what you were talking about with the uh, exclusivity again with Tompkins and <laughs> Best being it, it's like Bennett tried to have like a monopoly on good power electronics. Hey it's man, like, why, awesome. I mean, hey look, I love it. when you got when you got that the that trio that trio yeah. of pure power yeah. potency that pure potency. Hey man, I totally get it. And but again, he was he was building a universe and and building the approach and the mythos surrounding it. So I understand that as well. Like totally. got, I have oh, to respect absolutely. it. Absolutely, and yeah. The assistance of other people on here is obvious in the multi-layered vocals. There's some like yeah. reverberated distant stuff going on. There's nice stereo processing. There's so many layers in this yeah. more, more so than I expected. I think having not listened to it in a good stretch, like I had forgotten how well put together, especially this consumer electronics side is where it feels really like pieced together tracked like there's a lot of elements going on in each track i say a lot like five but that seems like a lot for well, totally kind of yeah, I think of the, yeah. Tra- the classic consumer electronic stuff absolutely and when you and the vocals come in and out raise lower and oh, when yeah. you get when you get them catch me if you can catch me if you fucking can just totally perfect vocal the strange mixing on all these tracks are just just pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. The so there's five tracks on the consumer electronics section. This is a quick one. The next track, you know, starts with a a quotation that is being read. I murder so that I may come back. And I don't know whose vocals those are, but I love her voice. Like, and and she shows up again on this track and at the end. But but Tara, what a fantastic what are voice. these vocals alluding to, and we what are they directly did from? Murder Martin Brown. Well, that would be the ten year old, not even a teen yet, uh, Mary Bell, who murdered two young lads in 1968 uh, by telling them that they had a sore throat, and then. Uh, she would massage them. their throat. Yeah. She would massage their throat. And she then, would she yeah. would 
choke them to death yes. uh, as a 10 year old. Uh, so those are the quotes. And at the, at the trial, she broke into a, a school uh, by peeling off roof tiles. And one of the notes that she left after she knocked over cans of paint and, and, you know, vandalized the school was I murder so that I may come back. Is that how it yes. works? I believe in her so. mind, it definitely Absolutely. did. And do you know what an interesting story? And this Mary has Bell. She was later released in the nineties, uh, in, into the world and held jobs and was working and they changed her name. Of course, the press found her and forced her to move while she was on the run. But what an interesting tale of Mary Bell. And this has a strange organ type sound. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I like this. And as a, the kind of first of its kind, we have two tracks in the consumer electronics over that feel a little different than the other three. And I really liked the crude organ notes being played. Under yeah. this. Mm -hmm. It's just a different tone, but keeping with the morbidity and the atmosphere of consumer electronics. Right. Absolutely. And you know what else I love gray, the classic, come org white house consumer electronics feedback of the like next track because it is calls. just pure oh yeah we had a big discussion come on this org feedback how perfect it is tara felt like it might be looped and i, and I it think it looped. might be do you I, think it's looped I, for a second i wasn't sure but then i think there at least might be a, a it's bit of it that's looped, fucked, but it's that, looped. And, and it might be messed with or hmm. looped and also then feedbacked over but i Listening to it a few times, I I started feeling that it was a loop, and it also might be what I call the natural loop. It might be done, you know, live, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the now what I call the yeah. natural yeah. loop, and I, Gray is doing a great. Oh, I wish uh, everyone, wish everyone could saw see the what visual. Gray just did. It was fantastic, Gray did, but yeah, he it was, was waving his arm in front of a really big amp. But yeah, this is just amp. that. This yeah. is just that perfect stack. Perfect UK PE sound. It's so hateful. It's so misanthropic. Uh, it's great. I mean, just screaming, you bitch, motherfucker. It's a different type of scream. It's a different type of vocal. It's no less earnest. Yeah. I like that the vocals, there's like a delay on the vocals, but only the delayed vocal seems to be going to like a reverb or something. So he'll say a line and then you'll get like a reflection of that line, but it's in, it's a much more like an actual echo. It's so yeah. weird and, and big sounding. It lends a lot of space to this track and all of the vocals kind of decay like that. I really enjoyed this piece. And again, we have talking that we're on the three first three of the five consumer electronics tracks or blank tracks and three different things that all hit the spot and we're going to yep. go right into another one, which is just walls and walls of feedback and fuzz. And those yep. vocals are uh, as loud as they get on this record. They are there's, up front. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're so up front and he's scream, scream. And then there's that strange voice he uses. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's, I, don't, I don't. I don't even want to do it because because you just, just need to hear it. it. I don't. I I can't do it justice. But it's so so odd and and menacing. When we were talking about surprising things that happened, this track is specifically yeah. what I was thinking about because you know you start with that like the static that's that begins the track sounds like when the needles on felt on your uh, turntable or like center label static, like it's just washing static, but then you get these different 
ways of delivering the word scream, but some of them are really close to you. That high pitched voice when he's like doing that mocking tone. Yeah. It's very, it's quite uh, irreverent. It's, it's, it's mocking. It's mocking. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's really, it's really, sinister. yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I get really excited when I hear it and it's everything about this is so mocking and mean spirited uh, that it is like really invigorating to, you know, explore those emotions within ourselves. And boy, does it explore that in some really unexpected and exciting ways that just seem so real. And then the ending is just a, a beast. It is a monstrosity of a finale for this track. And then we finish with another track with the woman's vocals describing a victim of Jack the Ripper. This, this Gothic piece with this description being spoken over it is really a haunting way to finish out a side of perfect electronics yep. and vocals. It's, it puts the end cap on it. It is, it makes it creepier. These, the two, non-noise pieces on this make the whole thing more aggressive by contrast yeah. and yep that's a strong balance to strike it really is and again 84 and you know making these tracks getting fired from white house for it like right uh, but you know a long history we'll be we'll yeah. be back yeah. we'll be out we'll I be mean, back yeah. you know you know how it goes and also that these pieces were special enough that he had to, he had to release them. That wasn't, yeah. he made mm -hmm. stuff with his friends and they had to come out. They, they wasn't an option to stay exclusive at that time. These, this stuff had to get out and it did. And it rules. Well, as history goes on, I'm so happy of how everything has landed between Phillips entire history with and without white house as consumer electronics and this record existing is just just one of the great look at early 80s UK power electronics, one of the great broken flag comps, mm -hmm. possibly my favorite broken flag comp. And I don't think this is one that has actually been gotten a reissue in modern times. I believe there's the it was a, it was a cassette version and then this LP, but is one mm -hmm. that has eluded modern pressings or modern repressing. So try to get your hands on a copy is absolutely worth it. You won't feel bad when you're holding in your hands, the, the great, the labels look great. The cover so great. The back so great. You just know you have something important in your hands when you're a holding statement. That capstone at the end of just that description of gore, bringing it out that way, like, Thinking about that in 84, I mean, that had to be a, an outlier. You know, it, it's it's quite visceral, disgusting. The nose hacked off, the breast hacked off, disembowelment. Like, I, I just, I thought that that was probably at the time that would have been a little more shocking than let's say oh, it is absolutely. in this day and age and, where and especially what they were hounds live. Especially what they were all doing back then. It was certainly seen as very controversial and a number of things they did would be mm -hmm. and will stuff that will follow them forever. But it is just truly for us, this era of power electronics, broken flag, come mm -hmm. org. It is something that will forever be with us. We will forever go back and look at and look to 
and look to for the future because what they were doing back then and did throughout their entire work is something that we will never not get full excitement for, full body excitement. Like Tara said, she was bursting at the seams. Yeah, my heart rate went up. Well, and heart rate goes up. This is truly some of the best work. And it's why it's taken us so long to get to a lot of broken flag stuff. Hey, it's why we've still never done a full White House episode. And that's something that will take time. And the way we approach it is something that we're not going to do lightly. Not that we do anything lightly, but especially White House and especially Comorg. And I'm glad we have ripped off the broken flag bandage and can do more and more broken flag. Comorg is definitely in the future for us, but also in the future for us over on the Patreon, we are going to discuss some more Ramla in the form of Hand of Glory. So listen to Ramla, listen to Consumer Electronics, listen to Uncommunity, listen to Pure, and listen to Statement. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.